<laughs> Diddle dem dem. Right, Shane, a shortcut to getting rid of back pump. Where do we sit? Where do we, we see back pump all the time? People complain about back pump. Why do people complain about back pump? Like, give us some scenarios. Oh, oh no, I'll give you a scenario actually. Um, we're doing light to moderate deadlifts, deadlift day or whatever. And I'm just getting just getting terrible like terrible back pumps during it, and it's holding me back. Like, <coughs> what kind of stuff would you do to de to deal with that? Or, well, first thing I'd look at is how fit they are, like the conditioning. Like, if they're your stereotypical mess in strongman, it, it, <laughs> like if you go on a treadmill on a slight incline and do like a walk. If you're getting back pump off that, um, and hip pump and calf pump, then there's some there's some issues going on because your work pattern fucking fucked. Um, that is that will solve ninety percent of people's problems if people just got a little bit more conditioning. Uh, you don't need to be fit as a fiddle, you don't need to be a crossfitter, but you need to have. Like, for example, when we go walk the dog or whatever, I'll run, I'll run sprint with the dog for, you know, 30 minutes, run around and just do shit. That's normal day, everyday stuff. Like, it, it shouldn't be something that you're proud to do. If you're one of them people who's like, oh, I can't do this, I can't do that because of that, they're the people that tend to get in them situations where they're like, you give them seven sets of five deadlift at 120 for skill and they can't complete it because of the back pump. Um but if you're not in that boat and you've got, um, a, you know, you say you've got a pretty decent base level of conditioning, but you're always getting it on certain movements, then there's a couple of things that are quite common trends and need to look at things that go into the hips. One of them is not utilizing the glutes properly is a really, 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 really common one. People get, um, you know, dysfunction at the hip, which causes the glutes to be underactive and um, that way the back tends to take over a little more. And because there's dysfunction there, it tends to just come with like, not just back pump, but like a little bit of seizing. And basically it's a neurological issue. The brain's noticing that it's not in a safe position. It doesn't like it. Things aren't firing correctly. Maybe hips are out of line or whatever. And um, it can cause, yeah, this back pump seizy type feeling that'll make you struggle to get through your session. Really easy way to help manage that if it is glutes is just to you know throw in some extra glute work uh, open up that neural pathway of getting the glutes firing so whatever you've got access to a little bit of reverse hyper with a squeeze at the top or a glute bridge or a clamshell um, you know just things like that prior to the session um, another issue can come around the front with the TFL and hip flexors predominantly the TFL is a problem area because the TFL um, kind of wraps it helps wrap around into the glute as well and lower back so I know for me if I don't release my TFL some days I end up with back pump that's a common fix for me I've actually got one of my YouTube videos you see me talk about this actually because Shannon's recording me warm up and I always I always put a peanut in my TFL and go through internal external rotation to just free it off because me having a desk job sit well not desk job but you know being a coach sitting at a desk all day i get a really shortened hip flexor yeah which, which then cause issues around the back uh, what's the video called 
it's just one of me, me it's just a training video i think it's just like a random training video um and it's just the start of it it's just me warming up and i just start foam rolling my tfl with a peanut um and i talk about if you've got a similar job to me where you've got short hips um just releasing them or lengthening them and i tell you what josh i've been doing me and shannon are on day six of a third day challenge at the moment and we're doing have you seen it or not that posted in groups or not so so about is it the splits yeah so a front split right show us well the reason why i'm doing it is because show us us. come on well i can't do a front split it's not the idea is not to do the front splits the idea is to (laughs) ease the hamstring and hips because when you do a front split obviously one leg goes back stretches the quad and hips the other leg goes forward does the hamstring now what the reason why i'm doing it is because a client of mine um went to this rehab specialist who introduced me and him to a lot of new things and he basically talked about this dysfunction in his hamstrings and, and hips and when you do the front split for me personally, like when I put my left leg forward, I can't feel my hamstring stretch, but I feel my hip and quad stretch real deep. And it's almost like the hamstring so much more, the left hamstring so much more mobile than the right hip. But then when I swap sides, it's the complete opposite. My left hip can come really far back and my right hamstring is tight as fuck. So the goal of me doing these front splits is to even them out so that the one leg goes forward, one leg comes back, and it's even on both sides because then what it's going to do is create balance around the hips. And I tell you what, Josh, just after three days of doing that, I feel like I'm walking around in strict log press position because, <laughs> like, honestly, I feel so open. I'm just walking around everywhere. Like, I'm about an inch tall. <laughs> well, looking at the sky, you walk around. I'm everywhere. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) what should I say is the hips have a real uh, strong relationship with the the back Um, and yeah I found that yeah working on the hips and the glutes especially um, can help relieve issues in the back but having said that genuinely I feel like 10% of people fall into that in strong man the other 90% you just need to do some cardio yeah. So What's your two cents on that? So yeah, I, th- I think that's I think that's great. Having like a have a bit of a I, th- I think this is, this is a good example of an episode where we're never we're never it's beyond our scope of practice. We're not giving like say advice to people on um, like how to fix their injuries. But I think this is a great example of a coach. How many times have you done it over the years where somebody's got an issue? And then we just give it. We just give them like a, a kind of a, a general thing to do. And like I say, a lot of the time, it just it it, it can just just fit, fix you without. It, you know, I suppose like taking a global approach, like you saying, just generally get a little bit fitter. Do, do what we've been doing before training today. I've been sitting in the car, sitting in the office all day. Then I go to train and I go to deadlift and I get back pumped. Whereas like, well. Could, could you go for a 15-minute stroll on your lunch break or in the morning or whatever? Could you take the dog out instead of take, getting relying on your last to take it out or whatever? Like, th- 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 those kind of practical practical things can actually make, like, a, a massive difference. And that that's the thing that I've noticed from, uh, from the start of la- January 
last January was that that was a thing that I started where like Molly pointed out to me she was like on Monday and Tuesday she said you're sedentary like and I tr- started tracking my steps and I was doing like 2,000 steps on a Monday and Tuesday because that's when I do my computer work and then I was like saying that oh well, I'm not sedentary because I go to the gym and I do deadlifts afterwards and you're like well you're not I'm not really doing much on on most days in terms of general movement so since then on Mondays and Tuesdays I've got up first thing in the morning I go and go go and walk go walk along the canal and my general fitness has just like improved so much and in terms of like my general general pain and I know there's loads of contributing factors but like general knee pain back pain ankle pain the kind of stuff that I've always just had that I just kind of ignore my um resting heart rate and stuff like that like resting heart rate I don't, I, I don't know what other people do. I think mine's like 45 50 or something sometimes like that that's got gone down significantly um just just taking a general like a global approach can be can uh, can can fix a lot of people but in terms of specifics like I would I would generally get uh, I'd, I'd like try and identify the movement pattern where what is what's causing the the kind of issue and trigger so say for instance if you're noticing it when you're kind of getting in a deadlift setup position uh, and you notice it when you bend forward but when you bend back you're not get you're not getting pain and discomfort then this may suggest that you it's like a kind of flexion kind of intolerance if you know if you're absolutely fine when you're in a deadlift setup position or going to pick up a stone or whatever but then when you go into like say go into your overhead or you do your log or your your push presses or after overhead you can feel your your back a little bit this might suggest that you're a bit more extension intolerant they might be they might be fine it might be when you go to say do moving events and you you your backs like you you're not resisting rotation or kind of like moving to the side or whatever that causes the issue um, if you're just getting back pumped when you move when you do a moving event so what I would say is like try and uh, like hone in on what's causing the trigger yourself like find out whether you're intolerant to kind of flexion or whether it's extension or whether it's like lateral flexion or rotation and if you're unsure just like replay what I've just said and just just put type in YouTube or Google or whatever and then like first of all, have a go at treating it globally yourself, and then maybe have a go at like say identifying the trigger, and then playing around with technique. You know, you know, like say for instance, common things with. Anyway, we got going to a depth on a, on a, another episode at that, but but that that's what I generally do is like trying to identify it into the trigger. You know, like people say, oh yeah, I'm getting a bad back doing this, so then the stopping exercises where. You, you know, like say if somebody's flexion intolerant and they, they, they might they, they might be like, oh, my back's aching today. My back's aching. I'm not never going to be able to do yoke or anything like that. They might go to a heavy yoke and the heavy yoke's absolutely fine because it's about the the compressive elements. They're not actually they're not actually going too much into flexion and extension. It's just the like some people might might be struggling with a 120 deadlift in agony, but then they can go and do a 300 yoke completely pain free. So I suppose like try and identify yourself by digging a little bit deeper what's causing the trigger. And um, yeah, anyway, yeah. We'll, we'll leave it at that on that one. Go on. 
Well, what I should have said at the start as well is before you glutes and all that stuff, uh, or even walk, any, anything really, you should look at your brace position, shouldn't you? Um, because if you're going into like pelvic tilt, when you like at the comp, if it's deadlift, a lot of people go into pelvic tilt when they set up. Same yeah. as, so that's probably the first thing you want to look at. But to be honest, I always tend to skip that because, well, I don't know. It's one of them things that should have been a. Usually, that stuff gets addressed early on in training, but you know, uh, or it should do, should do anyway. Uh, but if you are in that boat that you don't even know what that is then maybe you should look at that. Make sure you're keeping neutral pelvis because that's going to allow everything to be in the correct position to work properly. And you might think, oh, my glutes aren't working, but it's just because you're not putting them in a position to. Yeah. Um, but if you've got that right, then, yeah, you follow the the rest of the advice. Yeah. A, a good example of that, uh, I did a session with Rosie Pearson the other day, just on the, playing around with the deadlift start position. And obviously, like, she's been moaning about her back for years, hasn't she? But, um, and she was, like, saying, oh, it, it hurts when I... It, it, it's annoying because it hurts when I brace. It's better without... It's better when I don't brace sometimes. If I just pick it up, just pick, like... We're talking, like, 40 kilos, 50 kilos. If I just pick it up, it doesn't hurt. But then when I start to brace, then the pain comes. So then I said to her, I said, right, does it hurt that... Does it hurt when you stood up? If you brace now, does it hurt when you stood up? And she's like, no. She said it's just in the start position when she so she got into a deadlift start position, and then I, and then it got to brace and she was like, like without lifting it and she was like that gives me pain, and you could see that what she's doing is like, is going into the kind of the PT school kind of chest up, yeah, bum back position. So when she's showing that if she's bracing stood up where her joints are stacked neutralish or whatever she's absolutely fine but when she goes into this kind of the start of a deadlift position or the start of a clean position and she's really trying to get this kind of chest up going into the like literally like that and then i got her to kind of just just flatten out and go neutral and she felt she was like rounding like cat back um yeah and then got her to brace and then it just just took a pain away but it's like the it, dick, dick to belly button. That's the cue for them. Yeah, people. yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Um, but like people, when you tell them that, they feel like they're uh, rounded, don't they? Because they yeah. uh, they're so used to not not being neutral. But yeah, like I say, that will present so many issues if you're doing that, um, which will yeah cause pain and dysfunction. So. Yeah. And that's why she's like, that's a great example of somebody. That's why she's getting pain the same. It doesn't matter if it's 40 kilos or 140. It's still just hurting. And like every time she's deadlifting or every time she's been deadlifting recently, like just banging her head against the wall because she's just going to inflame every time because it's that position that she's just pushing through. Um, 